0: On today's podcast from the North Wahala Church of God, Pastor Neil's first message in a new Wednesday series, The Tabernacle. Today's message is from Wednesday, January 24, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. All right, let's go tonight. We start a brand new series on the tabernacle. Normally, I would have you stand down and read scripture, but listen to me. Tonight, I'm going to lay foundation. This is a little difficult for me because my teaching style can easily become a preaching style. And without walking you down scripture, I do not want to get off away from where I should be. So if you would help me tonight, let me lay foundation. I will incorporate scriptures as we go. But I want to lay foundation foundation tonight. I cannot wait to get back next week. Next week, we're going to have some diagrams on the on the screen for you. Also, I'm hoping to have a diagram out front that you can actually touch that will show you the tabernacle. But tonight, I've got to lay foundation, all right? Is that okay? Amen. Joe was out with a flu Sunday. He's fired up. That's the only amen I got. Is that okay tonight? Amen. Let's start. I, I, I need to confess that this has been a weak area of mine. A lover of the Pauline epistles, I've really not touched the tabernacle. Last few weeks, months, and Brother Pruitt has actually helped me some of my studies here. I really dug in this, and I believe it's changed my worship. The new series that I'm preaching on Sunday morning, it almost runs parallel with the tabernacle. This Sunday morning, I'm gonna preach about Hannah, how she poured herself out, and how she went from a womb of barrenness to giving birth to that that she longed for. I believe it will bless you this coming Sunday morning. But tonight, I'm gonna start this series that I believe will change you. So let's begin. To start the study of the tabernacle, we first have got to go back. We've got to go back to a slave revolt like nobody who's ever seen, to a pair of godly leaders by the name of Aaron and Moses who were bound and determined to take a nation back, to take God's people back, to take them back to their rightful place where they can worship Jehovah God. To do this though, they couldn't do it upon their own power. It can't be done upon the power of flesh or the back of flesh. It would take supernatural power like the world has never seen, But the good news tonight, saints, is this. Our God is still a supernatural God and there is nothing too hard for our God. How many can attest tonight that God has worked a miracle out in your life? Amen? And already you hear the preacher in me. Over the last few weeks I'm amazed at the the showing up of the Holy Ghost, giving out wisdom, prophetic words, tongue and interpretation. If you want to hear from Monday night prayer meeting, I'm telling you God showed up in this prayer meeting Monday night and we saw revelation unfold before our eyes. I come to let you know tonight that God is still a supernatural God. I am a Pentecostal preacher. I am a word preacher. I am a lover of the word and I love the power of the Holy Ghost. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not gonna water it down. I'm not gonna wax eloquently away and pass it away as some nursery rhyme. I believe it says what it says and God is still a supernatural God. Amen. Amen to get, let me hurry, to get God's people back though, it was gonna take supernatural power. This supernatural power will be plagues that God ordained or designed to attack Egyptian deity That would cause the Egyptians to be paralyzed by this unseen masterful hand to let God's people go. After negotiations with Pharaoh, after God's people going from excitement to then almost a spirit of stubbornness, God positions them with one last plague that would come upon Egypt. This plague would be the plague, Brother Wade, of the death of the firstborn. When this plague takes root, the Egyptians gladly send God's people out. Only then to change their mind. But get the picture with me. Two million people at least living out of this Egyptian bondage, singing the praises of Almighty God, singing the songs of Zion, rejoicing how God is a chain breaker. And to go back a little bit in American history, the African Americans in the 1800s did not sing or talk a lot about the New Testament. It was actually the slave owners that were New Testament. The African Americans were singing the old exodus songs why because they can relate to bondage and want to be free so they would sing the songs that came from exodus and numbers that's the picture here Two million slaves marching out now. God having to push them out, but marching out now, testifying of the supernatural power of God. All of a sudden, a war party comes up behind them. The Egyptians have changed their mind. To the right and to the left are mountains. To the front, there's a Red Sea. Stay with me, I gotta set this up. There's a Red Sea to the front, and behind now, there's this army championed by all the best technology. This army and championed by all the it's technology of warfare. There stands a man before Ari holding nothing but a rod in his hand, standing amidst people that know nothing but slavery, but yet the voice of God. There's no modern technology there, but there's still a supernatural God. Amen. Now Moses is positioned. Moses stretches forth his hands. You know the story, the waters open. As the waters open, they cross across. Excuse me, I'm excited. They go across on dry land. It closes behind them. It shuts the door and it takes over the Egyptians. Now God's people are free, but listen to me. There erupts a celebration of praise. I believe it was Miriam, actually, I believe, that erupted the celebration of praise. Free at last free at last. Thank God Almighty they're free at last. But let me tell you what's ahead of them. Canaan is now ahead of them. But you've got to understand something. With When the waters came back to normal, it was also a locking of a door. It was letting God's people know you can never go back to Egypt. It's closed forever. It's behind. And what God was showing them, listen to me, God was going to have to say to them, I've got to teach you a new way. You think you know me. You think you know about me. You think you know my ways, but you don't. Only thing you know is a hard task master. Only thing you know is bondage and slavery and brokenness and idolatry. Idolatry. I've got to show you a new way. I've got a new do a new work in you. It reminds me of the day that I got saved. God closed the door to my past and even though I was full of zeal God had to tell Neil Nolan Neil you think you know about me but you don't know me son I've got to teach you myself I've got to teach you my ways I've got to put the word of God inside of you I've got to do a new work in you I've got to reveal myself to you that you might walk with me in the beauty of holiness when God wants to do this he does it by two ways at first first of all God says to them I've got to get you to Canaan but you're not ready for Canaan. Listen to me. I've seen people get saved and then the next thing they want to leave prayer meetings. It doesn't work that way. Got to be careful. Listen to me. The deacons we have, every one of them a season. Staff we have, I will fight for any of our leadership, our ministers, even our lay ministers. I'm not talking about anybody here. But I have seen people get saved and we put them in position quickly and then when confusion comes up, they're so disillusioned that they leave the church because they don't understand how God's people can act that way. That's not biblical and it's not wise. God says, they're excited. We're going to Canaan. It's flowing with milk and honey and God says, not yet. I know it's just a few weeks out Few days, but God says it's gonna take a few years until I can get you ready to walk in the promised land. Two things, firstly, had to take place. First, God had to give them two gifts. The first gift was two tablets. Not just any tablets, but tablets that will have the law of God engraved on them. It would teach them about God and God's principles. It would teach them about the moral compass of God. It would teach them what I call the deity of the holiness of God. This cannot be learned by a textbook, it cannot be learned by any other way. It cannot be passed down, it cannot be given by the laying on of hands. To understand about this facet of God, it comes when you submit to God. And you allow God not to write no more on tablets of stone, but on the heart of man. And God, when he reveals himself to you, that's when it's changed. God says to them, I've got to shape you. I've got to shape your moral fiber. I've got to change your culture. I've got to change your way of life. Remember, saints, they were in bondage. Now they're walking in freedom. Let me tell you something tonight. We have people get saved and begin to walk in freedom. This is why I believe you need to go to a Bible-believing, preaching church. We're not the only one. But you hear me? There's a lot of foolishness being preached today. People talk about how free they are to do certain sins. I may be free. Paul said everything may be permissible, but everything doesn't bring edification. I feel the Holy Ghost. These tablets would order the steps. It would be God's law written to them. They had to remove Egyptian ways away from them. God says the way to do that. It's to give it to your first written on stones. Secondly, the second gift, this is just foundation. The second gift that God gives to them is the tabernacle. The tabernacle will be God's symbol of his presence of coming to dwell with man. It would be a place of gathering for God's people. It would be the national place of worship. Isn't that not awesome? The national place of worship. Not exiling God from, from the nation but inviting God back to the nation. Nothing more critical to the unity of their people than their worship. These were the people that were divided by past alternative alternative lifestyles of worship. Remember, their worship was seen through the eyes of the Egyptians. Only thing they knew was worship that led to idolatry. Worship that divided their lives and those around them. Listen to me. True worship will not divide a church. True worship in the spirit of God will unite a church and set it on fire for the glory of God. Is anybody with me tonight? True worship unifies God says to them, this will be your forever model. Th- Listen to me. This will not fade away. It is fulfilled in the New Testament. I can't wait to break down everything in the tabernacle for you and show it to your screen and also outside because I'm going to show you how every part of your life is found in the tabernacle. This would be their forever model. It will teach them how, how to approach God and how God desires to walk with them. This God who was true to deliver them out of bondage now sets up a tabernacle to come, as as she sung earlier, to dwell among his people. And I, I said this on Sunday morning, the beauty of everything about God is God is trying to get to his people and get his people back to him. And when we could go back to God, He came to us. It's the beauty of the gospel. The tabernacle allowed the people of God to approach him in his presence, but it had to be a specific way. The tabernacle is not man's idea. It's God's. It's not man's desire. It's not man's design. It's God's desire. And it's God's design. It is not to be manipulated. It is not to be tainted by human flesh. It is not to have a new created method or model. It is not God needing the assistance of a modern day preacher. It is God's way. Ordained by his word. Outlined in the holy scriptures. And it should not be changed by nobody. Because we do not have the authority to change it. Brother Nolan, I think I'll I have a better way, yes? And you'll be the one probably building the next golden calf. I'm not talking about you. I'm, I'm talking about those that stayed at home. Amen? <laughs> the essence of this, and I know the foundation tonight, it's a lot to take care, of, but let me say it, please. The, the, the essence of this is that God wants his people to know him. Paul said in Philippians that I might know him not about him I don't want to hear about him if it takes the power of the resurrection or the fellowship of suffering. I don't care. I just want to know him. Paul's words echo to me now. This great God says, not only do I want you to know me, I want to dwell. Crystal did a great job. I want to live among you. 17 times in Exodus 39 and 40, God says, as the Lord commanded, God is saying, I want to to walk among you. But listen to my commands. 17 times God says. it. Bo, it's my way. My way. My way. My way. Modern day church says. Don't think so. God didn't really mean that. God says there's another way. We have we found a new book. We found. I, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. We found somewhere else. Stuck away in a cave somewhere. Listen to me. The Holy Ghost. I'll respect those books. But you listen to me. The Holy Ghost gave us 66 books, canonized together in the Old Covenant and a New Covenant. These were led by the Holy Ghost, championed by the apostles, sanctified by the Spirit. I don't have to have a new book. I don't need Joseph Smith's book. I don't need Grady Nolan's book. I don't need Neil Nolan's philosophy. I have what God says I need to make it until God comes. It's not your design. We can enhance your worship we can put heaters and air conditioners we can can put new screens and we're working on that right now for you these are 12 years old they need to be replaced we're working right now but you hear me while we can change the ambiance of the service to give you a more worshipful and joyful experience we cannot change the working of the Holy Ghost or the Word of Almighty God I don't care what some super duper whopper preacher out of some seminary somewhere came and give us this new revelation we don't need a new revelation. We need to walk in the old revelation of God's word and let God reveal himself to us. And if we'll let that happen, it'll break out into revival here in Oconee County. I feel the Holy Ghost. Look to your neighbor and say, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's no way I'm going to make it back next Wednesday. You hear me? Whew. We might have to have a part two next Wednesday night for the 8 o'clock crowd. Listen to me. Why? Why does God do this? I tell you why. And you know this to be truth. Don't get mad with me. Because we mortal men will always worship something. Try, try, try. Ball. Honey. Women? Television? We were flowing good till we got television. Facebook? <laughs> Somebody just got off Facebook. We're in a hurry, amen? Why? Because man, in Exodus 24, man will always worship something. Moses at two different occasions, 40 days and 40 days. I believe this is the first, sixth trip. When he comes back down, God says to him, I want to give you a pattern of a place for worship. Don't need you to to put your input into it. I need you to obey. After these six days of praying, God spoke, said, speak. This is verse two of that. Speak unto the children of Israel. Let them make me a sanctuary. I used to love to hear the African-American church sing the song. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Anybody ever heard that song? Pure and holy, tried and true. Oh, I can sing that. I better stop. Why did God want this? Because he wanted to find that when he came down from that mountain, as soon as he came down, what had happened? Man was already worshiping something. See, man is looking for something to worship. And when there's not legitimate spirit of God and there's not legitimate worship, man will make something to worship. It might be the lottery. It might be money. It might be manna. It might be something of this world. It might be a hobby. Money is great. All of us want more of it. Hobbies are great, but they cannot be our God. He knew that as soon as he comes down They're worshiping in an image. Man worships instinctively. The question is not, will we worship? The question is, what will we worship? God says, that's why you have gotta follow my plan. Because what you don't know is, I'm outlining a way for me to get to you and for you to get to me. And what you can't see thousands of years later Everything I'm doing here, I'm going to fulfill in Jesus Christ, my son. Are you listening? Nothing is out of place in the tabernacle. And I'm going to walk you from the outer court all the way way into the most holy place over the next nine weeks. And I'm telling you, I'm expecting a glory cloud to come in this place. Are you listening to me tonight? Man worships instinctively. That is derived from the soul of man that has a huge void when sin touched mortal man. There is a void left there. When we begin to come that we would die, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. When that happened in the garden, there is this great gulf in there, Chris, that, that something's gotta fill it. You don't have to tell anybody to be addictive, Addicted, excuse me. When they're not in love with Jesus Christ, they're in love with something else. It might be a flesh of the opposite sex. Why do they keep cheating on their partner? I can't help myself. They're worshiping the golden calf. Are you listening? Somebody stays out of church. I enjoy hunting, but I don't worship hunting. Somebody that worships 52 weeks and says, well, I see God in creation. Well, that's good. They come back to church and worship the God of creation. Hello? Is anybody listening tonight? It's that hole on the inside. He said, brother, no, what's that got to do with the tabernacle? God's walking and so Just stay with us. God is saying, I've got a way to fill that void. You don't have to drink it away. You don't have to put drugs in your body. You don't have to have multiple partners sexually. You don't have to give yourself over. You don't have to buy a friendship. I've got a way for you to follow me and for me to get to you tonight. When Israel did not know how. That's all right. Give God praise. That's all right. Amen. Let me go back to that. What amazes me is this. When Israel didn't know what to worship, what did they do? They went back to what they saw in their past, Brother Ronnie. And they created a God, Sister Carolyn, that was not the God Jehovah. They went back and created out of gold an image, Joe, that was a God of the pagan world. That's like us when we return to our own vomit. We go back and build those same gods up, don't we? Are you listening? Three months in my youth, I walked away from the Lord. It wasn't new sin I went to, it was old sin I went back to. Hello? It's the truth. I was a young teenager. Anthony, it wasn't new sin. It wasn't a new drug. It wasn't a new this. It was the same filthiness of the flesh because it was my God then. And when I wasn't worshiping in spirit and truth, I went back to the God of my past. See, that's why God tells man, I don't need you to help me. I need you to follow me. Let me hurry. I've got to lay this tonight. When Israel didn't know how, they began to worship their past. Moses comes down and he destroys the golden calf. And he says to them, and I'm going to bypass a lot. He says to them, let me introduce to you God's way of worship. He destroys the image oh, Brother Nolan, it cost us a lot. It's made of gold. He says, don't touch it. Next week, when I talk to you about giving, Brother Pruitt, the giving, it come from somebody else. It came from their own houses. I'm not preaching on tithing next week, but I will be preaching on giving, so you might want to get ready. And if, once again, I can't tell you who gives what at this church. I have never looked in a year and a half, and even though I'm supposed to once a year, I've never looked yet, why? Because I'm still trusting God, and I don't wanna be swayed by mortal man. Are you listening to me tonight? Oh, let's preach, let's just go with it. And so what happens is, God says to them on this, I'm gonna introduce you a new way. I don't want you to touch that old stuff, that's not the God, Jehovah. And he says to them, I, I'm not giving you an ancient history lesson, he says, I'm gonna give you a brand new way to worship, And it's called the tabernacle. It's not worshiping the tabernacle, but it's God's way to get to him. It took seven months to complete this construction. After the setup, the priests gave way to worship. And then the fire of God fell and it consumed the priest's sacrifices. And then the glory of the Lord filled the tent in which God was there for worship. Listen to me. They had tents to live in, but this would be God's tent to dwell in. His fire that God had in this this place was not like their fires. Their fires were bright, but God's fire was the brightest. This would be the place where God would dwell. It represented his presence coming down. Let me go back just for a second. But not only his presence, also the tablets would be there, which represents the moral compass of God and the people now are ready for a new place of living. Why? Because they now would have the presence of God again, and they also will have the holiness of God once again. See, saints, if we can get in God's presence, he'll change the way we walk. He'll change the way we live. He'll change the way we think. He'll write up at our hearts. I don't have to show you my holiness. I live out my holiness. You understand? My flesh may fool you. My Facebook may fool you. My low skirt may fool you. But my heart will never fool you. Mm, I feel him. 50 days later. I'm trying to lay the foundation. I know I'm hurrying, but I got to get the next week. 50 days later, the cloud lifted and Israel began to walk, walk toward their new homeland. Listen to me. This cloud was not blown by natural winds. It was moved by God's hand. It was more like a pillar. It stood out in the sky. When darkness would come, it wouldn't cover it up. It would only illuminate it. When the sun would come out, it wouldn't evaporate because it was supernatural. It was not brought up by the four winds. It was made by the one who made the four winds. It was God's presence. Are you listening? The purpose of this though was this, that God could dwell with his people. His presence, his holiness, before his warfare, all to dwell with man. Listen to me. God never wanted to dwell in a tent. His desire was always to dwell in the heart of man. But sin separated God from us. Man's sin alienated God from man. God vacated his tabernacle. And God creates an alternative way. When he couldn't dwell in man, he would go get man. That man might dwell among him. God never wanted us to be away from his presence. You don't know how good you got it tonight. I'll never forget when the preacher that I rebuked who was up under me in the Lord. You listen to me. I'm not afraid to say this tonight. 98% of you are with me, but there's somebody here, you got a hard heart. I want you to hear me tonight. I'll never forget when that preacher looked at me and said, David fell to adultery. Why do you think I can walk in purity? third generation Church of God, young preacher, looked me in my eyes at a campground and said, why do you think that I won't fall to adultery? It's just natural. If David was a man after God's own heart, and I looked at him and I said, young preacher, you should know better. I said, yes, the Holy Spirit would come upon David. Yes, the Holy Spirit would uh, give him power to slay goliaths and lions and bears. I said, but let me tell you something. No longer is he dwelling among us. He's in us. Because we are no longer the tabernacle of a tent. It's a tabernacle of clay flesh where God doesn't just come on us. He dwells in us. And it gives us the power of the Holy Ghost that we may do what we cannot do in the flesh. We can do it by the Spirit. We no longer walk in the flesh. We walk in the Spirit that we will not, what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are you listening tonight? Exodus 25 and 8 says this. This great God, it said, and let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among them. Listen to me, if you don't get anything else, it's a little deep to get next week. Next week, it'll flow easier on giving. This is God's way to dwell among men that would also be the same in Jesus Christ this great God just wants to dwell with his creation would come and this is what gets me brother Godwin, this God says the tabernacle that I sit on where the angels cry 24-7 holy, holy, holy he says I will come to a tit made out of sheep's hair overlaid with ram's hair dipped in red dye to signify blood and sacrifice just so I can dwell with my people once again. Brother Nolan, how does that relate to my life? You gotta gotta bridge this for me. When the fullness of time came, God therefore sent his son, let him come down to a little lady by the name of Mary and he wrapped up himself in the human flesh. And what was not done by man's seed was done by the Spirit of God. And this great God of heaven, who the, I love that song when it says, he was the darling of heaven crucified. And when we couldn't get to him, and God said, no more tabernacles of tents and goats' hair and rams' hair. No more out of court and inner court. God said, go, my son. And he came and he went to Mary's womb. And when they gave birth, she gave birth to him. The wise men came and the shepherds came. And listen to me tonight. And when they took him to the temple when he was two or three years old, there was one wise man named Simeon who said to them, I can die now because I have seen my salvation It's the same thing. It's God coming to the Old Testament and it's God coming to us in the New Testament to let Neil Nolan know you never have to walk by yourself. I'm your God. I'm not absent from you. I live inside of you. I'm not talking about golden calves. I'm not talking about smoking something that gets you high that you could communicate to a God. I'm not talking about philosophies. I'm not talking about sexual perversion of this new, new religious society. I'm not talking about watered down preaching that minimizes our God to some man made technology. I'm talking about Jehovah God who comes to us to be our God. This is what the tabernacle is about. Not just goat's hair, as I told you, but ram's hair, dyed, why? It represents two things, blood and sacrifice. Sin has put blood and sacrifice between us and God. The good news is, God knows the price. And he was able, Brother Joe, to pay the price through Jesus Christ's blood and sacrificial atonement. But it's not God who's isolated. This is a close, two more things. But man. This would be the place for centuries, center of worship for Israel. It is the ultimate house of God for their day. It is the pure model of God encounters. It is also the picture of man foreshadowing as a temple of the Holy Ghost. It is also the picture of the church and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. All this is found in Acts. In fact, Acts 7, 30, 7 and 38 says he calls it the church in the wilderness. What does it do? Two things. Real quickly, and I close it restores us to a right relationship. It means we can be pure before the eyes of Almighty God. Brother Nolan, I was addicted to pornography. How can I ever, ever be clean in God's eyes? That blood, that ram's hair, that symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ, that sacrificial cut there allows you to be dipped in the blood of Christ. And he who the Son makes clean and makes free is free indeed. I am a testimony of sinfulness, of generational curses, whatever you want to call it in my family. Well, they were known as womanizers, drinkers. We made it and we sold it. We passed it around. I'm not just talking about the alcohol. We own places like the Black Cat. Everybody knows about it. But one day, I made my way And I met him who was able to reach back generations and say, you don't have to be like that. But God, how? They tell me I'm gonna be just like them. It's in my blood, but it's also in my blood. Redemption and reconciliation and atonement and forgiveness and freedom and healing and blessings for you and for your children, and for their children. To understand this worship, we must understand the tabernacle. And as we go through this series, as we begin to march forward, I'm gonna close. As we march forward, it will walk us to our modern day worship. Not only will it give us a restored relationship, this is the last thing, next week I will pick, on, pick up on what worship is, and I will tell you the first part of worship and giving. lastly, It would teach us another part of worship. It would restore our relationship, but then it would make us warriors. Listen to me. After they come out of this, I believe it's Numbers, he says, prepare for me, warriors. Let me tell you what the Lord showed me today. Some of us are very zealous, and we want to fight. That's good, I want you to fight. But you can't fight for the kingdom of God until you first go to the tabernacle. You first got to get in his presence. In his presence, he'll put the laws on your heart. The old church, sister, they used to call that sanctification. That's an old outdated word. It's not talked about, but that's what it means. You don't have to tell people you're sanctified. I know we used to testify. I'm not rebuking that. It was a church of God's way of letting people know we may not have the money you have, but we're sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost, right? I'm not saying that's wrong, you can do that. But what I'm saying is, but once you get in his presence and then the tablets are put in your heart, you have to tell them that you walk with him. They know that you walk with him. And then when that happens, you know what happens then? You don't go from slaves. I mean, you're no longer slaves. You become warriors. that's the best part. We become no more slaves we become warriors where we can do what we did Monday night and lay hands on people and say, we're not going to let you die and go to hell because the blood will make us one. And I watched people begin to operate in the spirit. And God told me something over there. And before I could get back, I watched a lady lay hands and say the same thing that God told me. Uh, Brother Nolan, you could be making that up. I could be. Until I went home and told my beautiful wife everything. And then that lady called me this morning and said, Preacher, I now have the freedom to tell you everything God revealed to me. And what she said to me, I said, thank you for confirmation, but I've already told every bit of that detail to my bride. And it wasn't a competing of, of, of ministers because we're nothing. It was God letting us know you're warriors. But you hear me. You cannot be the beginner. You and I talked about this last night you'll get your feelings hurt in church. You'll be disappointed. And you might get mad for a day. I've been there. Anthony and I, we were talking about this last night. I've been there. Well, I wanted to quit. But you give me a 24-hour span. You let me go get in God's presence. And God will say, you know better than that. You get yourself up. I got You're a warrior. You're not a coward. You're not a quitter. You're a water warrior. You've been in my presence. You know my word. Get yourself up. You can't go back. You are my warrior. See, that's what happens. But that's not beginners. And people that do not go in God's presence and people that do not know God's Words, they can never be warriors for God. Would you stand with me tonight? That's my foundation. I wanted to get one step further to what worship is, but I will have to pick up there. Is this okay? You think you're gonna enjoy this series? If you can't tell, I'm excited. But listen, the alternative is you have a preacher that you pay who gets up here and reads something or does something. And to be honest with you, I I need to let other preachers preach more if I have one one problem. We have a lot of gifted ministers in here, and I've got to do a better job of that. I do. But I love this word, folks. I've given my life to this word. I absolutely love it because it's changed my life. And I believe if it could change me, it could change you. So next week, we're going to pick up worship. I've got a great book that you can read Later on in worship, I could get some of those for you. There's a lot of books out there. Also, Brother Pruitt has some great teachings on that. If you want to get with him and talk with him, he has some great teachings that he's made himself. Next week, I'm in the I'm hoping to confirm this tonight. I'm hoping to have a, a made tabernacle out front, okay? But most definitely I will walk you through every part on screen, okay? So I want you to see it. I'm going to show you the outer court, the inner court, uh, uh, the, the altar of incense. We're, we're going to talk about all that. All of, all of those things represent something of your worship. All right? All right? Now listen, I do want you to do some homework. If you're going to read, I want you to read about giving and how they made the tabernacle. Notice where the stuff comes from. I think it's profound. I think it's prophetic. I think it's powerful to the modern day believer. Amen? Amen? Amen. Brother Mark, would you close us out in prayer tonight, please?